Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From uh, the Pennsylvania Sports Network midday show, that would be Joe Lednowski. Uh And Joe, the uh, fact of the matter is, doesn't really matter what much of else is going on in the world because the Steelers reported to training camp today. Yeah, I mean, I you know they they all showed up. Joey Porter signed. I mean, I, I mean it's terrible. Next thing you're going to tell me they're going to play the Browns at home and home. I mean, my goodness, what else is going on, Paul? I mean, let's talk about some earth-shattering news. It's always a pleasure, my friend. How are you? Oh, it's always good. And I guess we can start where we always start with you, and that is the uh, the uh, British Open, um, or I'm sorry, the Open Championship, and. Uh, Interestingly enough, uh, the Open Championship really wasn't all that interesting. It was pretty much over by Friday afternoon. Yeah, and I think it, you know, the more I thought about it, you and I had a, a bit of a back and forth on Twitter about this. And you know, so here, here's my thought, and, and I do think that this is kind of lazy, especially when it comes to the mainstream media. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a late riser, but. Even for even even for me, you know, Brian Harmon had the lead on Friday before I woke up. Um, if Scotty Scheffler had the lead Friday morning and then wins by six shots, it's like the reassurance that you know he is the the reincarnation of the great one. Or if God forbid Rory did it, what would that look like? Um, and I, I do think to a man, you sort of got to give. And Brian Harmon is due. I mean, he held up his end of the deal. Um, it's not his fault that he was unbelievable. And, you know, and then that, you know, that 58 to 59 inside 10 feet is misleading because, you know, that's, that's not all from 10 feet. But, you know, to anybody that's going to win a championship, anybody that's going to win a golf tournament, period, by and large, maybe Scotty Shepard being the exception because right now he's the greatest ball striker of, of this era. But by and large, you're going to putt really well, or you're going to, or you're going to make a big, big gain. You know, you know, somebody that's that's five under on the par threes is going to be uh, a big, a big mover on the leaderboard. But you know, all in all, Brian Harmon, you know, basically went wire to wire, and but wire to wire on the weekend. I thought, I thought the most amazing thing was in the last three trips to Hoy Lake, which I think was Tiger in eight, Rory in fourteen, which was his last major. And Harmon this past weekend, all of them, all of them, 
shot, what was it, 132 on the weekend? That's unbelievable. Um, well, let's see. What, what do you mean 132 on the weekend? That's what that's what their weekend score. Tiger, Rory, and, and Harmon, the last uh, last whatever you know that was that was the number on the weekend um, for the for the championship. All the last three championships. So it basically boiled down to the the winners in the last three times to Hoy Lake got it done when it mattered the most. And, yeah. you know, I mean, again, Harmon, I mean, you know, say what you want about, you know, guys. Well, he, well, he was 132 on Thursday and Friday. Saturday and Sunday he was 139 or 149, uh, 139. Or maybe maybe it was one, maybe it was, but either way, the, the winner, the winner, but the, the, all three of them had that, maybe I said that backwards. The winner of the last three trips to Hoy Lake um, all had the same number. And you know, again, I you say what you want. I mean, if Fleetwood didn't get it done, you know, there were there were comers. There, you know, Seth Straka had a chance, but I mean, some of those long iron shots. And the, and the other thing is, with the exception of what is it, the tee shot by Harmon on five, I believe it was five when he hit it into the gorsh, or I call it the gunch. They call it the gorsh. I guess gunch is the American term. I don't know, but um, he was perfect. He was perfect. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, he just uh, – my, my thing is he, he – he, he, you know, it was one of those things where he he won the tournament, he earned the tournament, but there's a, a little bit of a flukish feeling to it for me in that I don't know that we'll, – I don't know that we'll hear from him again. Put it that way. He, he'll finish in the top 10 and 15 and stuff, but in terms of winning, I, I just don't know that he's going to be that guy because he played out of his mind for a few days. Well, I mean, generally speaking, that's what it takes. But my point, Paul, but, you know, by and large, that if, if, if Scheffler had done that or Rory had done that or JT or Spieth had done that, we'd be singing the praises of of the winner, not criticizing the pursuers. So, I mean, I you know, whether it's whether it's once in a lifetime or not, I don't know. I mean, he's won a couple of times and he's been around around the block and he's he's been a contender. It's not like we're not let's not confuse Brian Harmon with Ben Curtis. How about that? Right, but he again, you know, he hasn't he hadn't won he hadn't won in uh, in like seven years um, prior to this, um, and so you know it was it was it was interesting from the standpoint of it was pretty much over about halfway through Friday. It felt like it was over, and nobody could make a move uh, towards him. Uh, a couple of guys that maybe are are they I don't know if they're on their way back. Is Jason Day on his way back? I mean, he was right there. You know, he was I think finished second or third. Is he on his way back? Well, what was that? I think I think that was Day's fourth runner up, and it spanned over twelve years. Um, uh, fourth runner up in a major championship. He does have the major. I mean, he, I, I would say Jason Day's back. Uh, I mean, I might even I don't want to say back, but. I mean, you might, you know, you might be able to lump our boy Ricky Fowler into into a guy that, that's back. I mean, now we're going to reevaluate the stock of Justin Thomas. You know, his certainly his stock is certainly down. Yeah, what's um, going on with him? Know, what is going on with him? Can't can't putt, man. You know, you you could you could. I mean, unless, unless this is crazy, but I mean, you could ask the same thing about what's going on with uh, with Scotty Scheffler because you know T twenty three in a major for him is terrible. But both those guys are on the same desolate place about not being able to force one in the hole. And, you know, anybody that's ever played golf, there is there is not a worse feeling than standing over a, you know, 12 or 13 footer 
and just knowing in the back of your mind, no matter how positive you are, knowing in the back of your mind there's not a snowball's chance in hell that thing's going in. And I kind of feel that's where JT is right now. Yeah, he's been he's been really really struggling. I mean, it's been actually kind of hard for to watch him. The other the other thing that's uh that's uh, amazing to me really is um is that uh Scotty Scheffler while he's been in 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 the mix in these things, he really hasn't putted uh, well enough to to give himself a real chance to win. You know, I I, I... That, that is true, but I also will take the Ken Griffey Jr. approach. Like, you can, a lot of people can use his injuries against him for being the best player of all time. I'll use his injuries in favor of making him the best player of all time because imagine if he wasn't hurt. I just think that speaks, you know, to volumes as to how good Scotty Scheffler actually is. That, you know, by, by tour standards, he can be a subpar putter and still be in the fringe of conversations. I mean, think about think about this, Paul. You know, by by tour standards right now, he is subpar, and he's a good enough ball striker that he still finished T twenty three. But he's so good in our mind that T twenty three is a failure. That's crazy. No, it absolutely is. Uh, well, uh, nevertheless, uh, we will uh, move on. Uh, you know, there's it's the it's the final major, but there's some big tournaments that I'm sure you and I will be talking about on the air and. Uh, coming up at, at the end of the season, of course. Um, moving on, did you see uh, it's a done deal, Colorado, the Big 12? Oregon are probably Oregon is either going to the Big 10 or the Big 12. We're not quite sure. There's different reports, but they're called a special meeting in the morning. Washington is apparently headed somewhere. Uh, Stanford apparently is headed somewhere. It's sort of the end of the Pac-12 as we know it, but wasn't all this stuff supposed to be taken care of like three or four years ago when they had the major re, uh, realignments and stuff? You know, that, that's funny you, you bring that up. And, and I don't know, you know, to me, from the Big Ten's perspective, my, my interest is only, only Notre Dame and North Carolina. I, I, don't, I really don't think that Oregon is an earner. I think they're another mouth to feed. I certainly think that Stanford is another mouth to feed. They're not. They're not going to make you any money. I mean, just look at. Look, not. Not only. I don't mean disrespect to their program, but they're not. They're not of the big boy ilk that are, in terms are, are going to be brand names. I mean, USC is a brand name. Oregon maybe, but Oregon doesn't have a TV market necessarily to speak of. That's not. That's not historical, you know, blue blood college football territory. So I don't really think that's that big of a deal. I mean, I don't, I mean, if the, to me right now, the, the big 12 is on the move. And if, if I'm the big 12, you know, I'm acquiring all the assets that I can um, to make sure that you are not the one that dies on the vine. I think that even though with the loss of Oklahoma and Texas, I think the additions that they've had, I think they've positioned themselves nicely. I don't, I mean, this is Colorado. I'd, I'd be willing to bet you now, Paul, that Deion Sanders never coaches a game in the Big 12 because he'll be somewhere else. Um, but you know, I, I don't like I don't I don't necessarily get excited about it because I think all of this is is really you know kind of a, a moot point because I think what's going to happen and as you saw with you know the Harbaugh suspension, you're going to see you're going to see more and more where the the institutions themselves are going to have to start to get aligned with one another, much to the dismay of, you know, some of the, the Blue Blood conferences. But they're going to have to lean more to a, an NFL model where 
there is a governing body that actually has some consistency. I mean, just think about, think about this. The, the, the Ferris State coach got suspended for the first playoff game. Not the first game, the first playoff game that his team plays in after they won back-to-back national championships and the team lit up, two kids on the team lit up a cigar to celebrate it. The same governing body gave Harbaugh four-game suspension for the first. I mean, if, if they suspended Harbaugh for the first playoff game, whether it was next year or the following year, whatever Michigan gets to the playoff, that's when he has to deal with the suspension because that's what the Ferris State coach has to deal with. Ironically enough, both in Michigan, ironically enough, both the same governing body. I, I just think at some point people are going to have to say, listen, you know, you've, you've kind of, you know, your expiration date has come and gone. You, you serve us no value. On the football side of things, we don't need you. And, you know, we're, we're negotiating these TV deals on our own. We don't get an NCAA trophy. You don't mandate the tournament. It's a made-for-TV event. It's all about money. What do you really bring to the table? You're a liability in this, in this equation. You mean the NCAA? Yeah. Right. Uh, how did you feel about Harbaugh's suspension? Who cares? What? What? Why? Like, like retroactively punishing somebody for something that wouldn't be illegal now is is beyond stupid. Um. Yeah. And the thing about it is, here's the here's the flip side of it, though. Okay. There, he's gonna miss East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. Four home games that I'm pretty sure Michigan can handle without him. That's not to but, say that it's not as, you know, that obviously suspension's a suspension, but my point is it, it, I, I don't know that it's really going to hurt them that all that much. Well, but it's a but it's a Queen of England suspension. Like, like it, to your point, this is, I mean, the, but again, when you, when you look at the Ferris State coach, is suspended for their next playoff game. Now, the, granted, they're the two-time D2 national champs, but that suspension comes whether it's this year, next year, or the following year. The next time they get to the playoff, that's when he's suspended. So, like, what do we, I mean? Are are you flexing because you're? I, I that's the thing is that I, this is to me is absolutely not. This sort of you know is is a lot like you know the you know the NCAA so pissed that Jerry Tarkanian, Cleveland State's getting the death penalty. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I agree, but I just I, I laugh, and you know I laugh about it because it, it's it's. All of the stuff about uh, about you know Harbaugh and getting suspended and and this and that and the other thing, yeah, it's probably silly. But by the same token, let's not act like they suspended him for the Ohio State game or some game that actually matters. And, and that's and that's more to my point with the Ferris State comparison. This is the same governing body, and you know what's what's good for the goose should be good for the gander. Like why would you know why would the two? I mean, imagine. You know, let, let's you know put this in a different a different you know. Let's say this was Saban, and Saban got caught giving away free cheeseburgers, and the NCAA suspended him for the first playoff game. That would be nuts. People would be up in arms with the Ferris State coach. Oh, so it's Division Two. It doesn't matter. Like that's not his livelihood. Like that's that to me is what is so so stupid about the process and about, you know, the, the governing body. Or I, I'm, I'm on the radio, but I'm using governing body in finger quotes. Well, um, I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, uh, always going to be interesting to see how this thing goes moving forward. Um, of course, uh, Pat Narduzzi met with the media today and uh, brought up everybody's favorite whipping boy, 
the NIL and, and, and he's basically saying, oh, well, you know, the NIL is, um, you know, something that needs the NIL and the transfer portal. There needs to be a cap on these things uh, because it's, you know, going to get to a point where the, the haves will uh, start exploiting it and, and, and pull further away from the have-nots. I mean, Joe, why are we still having coaches talk about this? We know the deal. They know what the deal is. It is what it is. Learn how to use it. You know, learn how to, uh, you know, win within the system or or get another job. Pat spent too many too many years at Michigan State. Now the carryover to Pitt, the little brother thing is, you know, that is is going the other direction. I mean, first of all, I guarantee a starting quarterback is going to be out of the portal. Again, and if this quarterback gets hurt, guess where the other quarterback's coming from? The portal. I mean, come on. Like, I just, I just feel like this. The, the shtick is real tired. And, and it, to me, you know, I, I've talked to some smart people, Brad Crawford from 247, Phil Steele, and I, we are of the belief that if Pitt can kind of get this thing rolling in the right direction, Pitt could be TCU in a heartbeat. They really could. I mean, they've got they've got some things in, in in good places, and the schedule really sets up for them. Assuming they handle their business early, that back to back with Notre Dame and Florida State. I mean, God forbid they they go one and one in that situation, and that's their only loss. They're a playoff team for sure. You know, going into the first week of November, and that's going to be real hard to play the little brother card in that situation. But I, I truly believe that they're going to be in a position to be in the, the ACC championship game conversation at the very least. Uh, so, it, I mean, I know that that's an Arduzzi shtick. I'm just, I'm tired of it. You know, everybody, everybody got so, do, you know, dominate the state. James Franklin this, James Franklin that. I, I wish the Pittsburgh media that went after James Franklin for the dominate the state would be as equally as tired as the little brother card and the underdog card that Narduzzi. Well, I, I don't know that he play. was using the little brother card. I think his, I think he was basically saying uh, what he's been saying all along, which is that the uh, NIL, the deals, uh, it's not sustainable and that there needs to be a cap. Well, uh, I know, but what's the point? I mean, what's the point of walking that dog? I mean, that's. I mean, Nick Saban, all, but, but Nick look, Saban says the same thing. I'm. Uh, he's not little brother. And I, and I say the same thing to him. Like we all agree that this is a fool's errand. This is an unsustainable business plan. But to talk about it is a waste of time. And the only thing that it does is gives a bad look to the potential recruit. I mean, that's the, that's the only thing that it does. I mean, say that behind closed doors, because you are, you know, if Nick Saban can't get a change, Pat Narduzzi's not going to get a change, right? So, like, what's the point of saying that out loud? There's nothing to gain from it. Um, well, I mean, I think, again, a lot of these coaches are continuing to do it. They all seem to like, uh, they all seem to like to use the, that system to their advantage. But uh, whenever it, it, it goes against them, then all of a sudden, they want to, uh, you know, they want to complain about it when it goes against them. I mean, Lane Kiffin, you know, he was saying some of the same things. Uh, and now, Joe, we've got Congress involved. And oh, I think good. it was, I think her, it was, get her fixed in her I think now it was, uh, I think it was Tommy Tuberville and uh, your boy Mansion, uh, Mansion, right? Yeah. It I was, mean, that, that should be fixed by the end of the week. Like, literally. I mean, there's now the Congress has it. There's no doubt in my mind. That this is all taken care of. But back to the Narduzzi complaining point, like that's like you know, like James Franklin's policy, like if you're committed, you're not allowed to visit elsewhere. But guess what Penn State does all the time? Host visitors <laughs> that are committed elsewhere. Exactly. 
Uh, it's, it's, it's exactly right. They, they all, you know, um, you know, and James Franklin was, uh, today, I guess that he meet, did he have a media thing today or yesterday or something? I don't know where he, he met, he talked to the media and he was talking about how in the off season that he knows of some of his players that were getting contacted by other coaches. You know what I always say to this? Why is it all of these guys, you know, Mac Brown has said this, We've heard, you know, Narduzzi say this. We've heard a number of coaches talk about how there's all this tampering going on, but none of them will go on the record and say who it is that's tampering with their players. Why is that? I mean, do, do you think for a second that Jerkovic or Deontay Cephas or insert name here just, you know, at the conclusion of the semester – just started calling other schools as to where they might land. I mean, I was born in the morning, Paul, but it wasn't yesterday morning. And yeah, I, again, like I, I don't, I mean, the, uh, and, and the funny thing is, is you and I both know when, when coaches say what they really think and we don't like what they say, we are the first ones to hammer. But I could really do without the hypocritical, crying or pleading or I don't even know. I don't even know what the – it's not even pleading. It's more positioning. I could I could do without that. I, I really could. And, you know, I don't know. We know, I, you know we, I don't want Bill Belichick, but I also don't want James Franklin acting like he's not reached out to countless other – I mean, he got a bunch of dudes in the portal again. How did, how did he get them? It didn't happen after the semester. Just let – can we have – if we're gonna if we're gonna talk, can at least be something of consequence, please. Is that too much to ask? Right. It's it's just I mean again, all of these guys they're so hypocritical. It's so ridiculous uh, when it comes to NIL and transfer portal discussion. And and I don't believe really that all of them want to get rid of it. To be you know what I mean? I, no. I don't believe that. And, for a and you know who, and you know who doesn't want to get rid of it? Pat Narduzzi because he's been really good at it. Right. Exactly. Pat Narduzzi, I mean, what have they had now? Four years in a row where they've had a transfer quarterback? And really, Nate Peterman was a transfer, too. I mean, yeah, he's it, been it, really good at it. As much as he complains about it, he's been really good at it. So some element of his complaining, you know, he's been practicing because they're really and they did. They did really well. They got both the District 7 kids back from the SEC, McMillan and Davis. I mean, what, what do you you know, what what's the what's the problem here? I mean, you get it. And, and that's the thing is, that, you know, I, I talk to coaches all the time. And I'm like, hey. Just tell those kids, you may not love me now, but you may love me later. You know, let, you may come back to me. And, you know, I, I don't I don't blame, you know, I don't blame a kid from, um, you know, wherever, or Gateway, that's like, hey, you know what, LSU, man, let's say, you know, Joe Burrow, let's, let's see what this is all about. I mean, I, I can't, I can't blame them. And then for whatever reason, you know, give me like, hey, you know, I tried it, it didn't work out, you know, here I am. Like, what's, there's no shame in that game. No, I mean, again, I, I, I just, uh, I, I just, I always laugh when I hear these guys uh, in all of the different ways they rationalize how what they're doing is different than what everyone else is doing. I mean, it just gets to a point where it's silly. Oh boy! Uh, don't don't you don't you think it would have been cool? You know, obviously, but it would never happen. But you know, don't you think it'd be cool now to have like the old Joe Paterno bourbon sessions where everything was off the record and the reporters really knew. You know how the sausage was made. Right. Don't you think that'd be fun? Yeah, no, absolutely. 
there's no question about it. If, if but but again, I I can't imagine any coach any, anywhere does that that does that anymore. Not not one that's still employed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just think that it's one of those things where. Like, coaches now, I mean, it's so different, Joe. Even when I covered, you know, I think about even when I covered Pitt, you know, um, for the Post-Gazette, and I started out actually covering West Virginia, so this would have been late 90s, and how much different it is now. You know, I mean, and how much access we used to have and how much we used to have access to all these guys off the record and in different settings and all the other stuff. It's incredible to me. It's absolutely incredible how much different it is. Now, you know, we used to cover the teams. Now, you know, we just sort of rewrite press releases and and uh, and hope that, you know, we can develop a source or two to get a couple of maybe uh, smaller things on background. But it's so much different because they, they, they isolate and insulate these guys so much from us. Uh, you, you don't get that the, the pleasure of those kinds of off-the-record sessions anymore. Yeah, but you're you're showing your age, Paul, because you know back then there was not a 24-hour news cycle, and you know there was not the first. I mean, it was the first, but it, it, there wasn't the the urgency of the first. And you know, it, it's a liability that you know. Quite frankly, I don't I don't blame them for you know not wanting to participate. I mean, I wish I wish we could. I'd I'd love to. I'd love to really know who James Franklin is. And I know people that do know him and they say that that's, it's, it's funny because that's not who he is. Um, I'm sure Narduzzi's the same way. I mean, he's, you, you don't get, you don't get to that, those roles by being fake. But I think once you get to those roles, you have no choice but to be fake. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's probably true. Uh, Joe, we got to roll and get out of here. We will. Uh, uh, um, I, I know you're going to be crushed by this, but it looks like the goal that was just scored by the U.S. women will not count because it's offsides. I know that's going to really bother you. Oh, I have a TiVo. You just ruined it for me. I'm sorry. All right. Anyway, it's <laughs> Joe Lenowski. I'm Paul Zeiss. It's 93.7 The Fan. Bye, Joe. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.